Visionaries, what's up? It's Cuff with the Vision Lab Podcast, and forgive me because I'm just going down on this uh, amazing, amazing nachos. Uh, we are live and in effect here at It's So Vegan, and we're excited. We're going to break down a bunch of different things here uh, on the show today. Mo, who do we got on the show? Cuff, today's guests are the co-owners of the location where we're actually filming this uh, episode. Uh, it's So Vegan, 830 Mayfield Road, suite number 600 in Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, they are natives of Fort Worth, Texas. Please welcome Amia and Gerard Collins to the Vision Lab podcast. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. What up? What up? What up? Thank you. So I, I want to start here, right? And the reason why I ate the chip right out the gate, I was talking to <laughs> Gerard earlier today. He said, do you want to do a mukbang? <laughs> so, you know, the first thing I thought of. Was if you've seen those deals on like Instagram yeah, or TikTok, gigantic where, lobster tails, and yeah, stuff. and they're just eating their 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 you know they eating the food all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, we can do a mukbang, but but by the way, what is a mukbang? So <laughs> we had to clarify some things, but no, visionaries, check it out. It's so vegan. We're in the building. Um, super excited to have you. Um, I want to give a big shout out to you because uh, you showed up at our. Um, Financial Symposium earlier yes, this year in yes, January. I did. Yes, it was amazing. Thank you. It was amazing. I had never been a part of the way it was organized and all the, the quality of the speakers. It was amazing. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do some more things, but we, we certainly appreciate that. Um, I'm glad that you got a lot of value out of it. And, you know, through that, we were able to kind of link up and have some conversation. Mm -hmm. And and I thought it was super interesting that you have a, a vegan restaurant. And the, the crazy thing is, um, I've known about this for a couple of years, right? My, my sister lives in Grand Prairie. Shout out to Robin and David. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd already heard about you guys. I just, I don't live out this way, so I hadn't come, you know, to the, to the restaurant. So let's just dive into it. Like, how did you get involved with veganism? When did you become a vegan? All that good stuff. So, and by the way, excuse me, because I'm going to chow down here yeah, on your nachos. Yeah, keep on chowing down, keep on chowing down. So it started off as a health journey. Um, I have been an entrepreneur for a long time. I didn't have money, health insurance. Uh, my son had come home with a letter from school saying he was borderline diabetic. And I was like, okay, what can I do at home to make this better? I already didn't have a lot of sugar in the house. I was already doing everything I could, but it was something that... I was missing, so I started researching and finding out how meat consumption um, affected, you know, your insulin production and those type of things. So I just cut meat out the house and I started making recipes. and And you know, over the course of a year, my son went into remission, and I just started posting online about the meals I was making and just pictures of my food, just posting pictures, posting pictures, and 
and I got contacted by a doctor that said that um, he had seen my pictures online and he wanted to know if I could meal prep for a couple of his patients that were stage four cancer, had finished um, all their chemo and the only option was plant-based and they were looking for something. So I started off with two patients. By the time maybe six months went by, I had 12 patients. Mm. And what the, the crazy thing about it was, was I didn't realize that as people are going through chemotherapy, the day they have chemo, their taste buds are super sensitive. So they were able to tell me like, oh, this is nasty. Oh, this is so they were almost like filtering through all my recipes for me as I was prepping their food. And so um, I got so tired, y'all. I was just I mean, I was overworked. I was taking orders all week and delivering them on the weekend. It was a lot of work and they were dependent on me. So um, I wanted to stop. But I said, if I stop, who's going to cook their food? Like who's going to feed them? So I said, well, what if we, we turn the, the um, studio into a restaurant and we can do like a meal prep thing out of there and I've seen about 50 people and, and then it just turned into this. Yeah, what she wanted was like a, like a Luby's cafeteria kitchen. Ah, and I, I okay. wasn't gonna, yeah, yeah I okay. was, I'm bougie a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. no. But well, cause it, it, was, it was supposed to be a place where people can come pick up their meal preps just for a couple of hours a day. Right. And, um, while she was doing this, making these recipes for other people, and it was actually, you know, having effects on them, uh, she also was trying to introduce it to our family because if if these people are at this stage and you know it's helping them out, we have grandmothers, we have fathers, we have mothers, you know, we want to help our people too, and not just our people, other families too. And um, so I was I was there for her because she was really pouring her heart and soul into helping people like legit. That's what her main thing was. I want to help these people and I want to help my family, too. And she got so much resistance Mm. like the stuff would be good. I mean, you guys, you know, had the food, the food would be good. But because it it was attached to the word vegan, our people didn't want anything to do with it. Um, when the concept of a vegan restaurant came up that we were going to open a vegan restaurant, they were like, oh, no, that's not going to make it. That's not going to. I mean, it was just all down, down, down. But like I said, uh, she's been my support and I've been her support like since the beginning of it. And so like when she said, this is what I want to do, I was like, let's do it. Well, and I'm, I'm glad that you, you kind of brought that up, right? The support system of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, share with the people. Maybe people don't know because I, I know we didn't know uh, coming in, but you guys are a brother and sister. Brother and sister, yeah. And so, you know, kind of talk about that dynamic. And, and also you'd mentioned, you know, turning this particular facility into kind of like a grab and go. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize what you also did prior to this. You know what I mean? Right. So I think yeah. there's a story in the background there that, that people want to hear about. So I guess as far as our relationship as brother and sister, we're able to, I feel like, work together well because we grew up really, really poor. And when you're already, you know, kind of scraping and helping each other eat and get by um it's really not much to just continue in like that lane of cooperation when you get older and so that's why i think it was a blessing to grow up with with very very little because now it's not we don't have the same type of arguments that people have that always had everything so that's great that's been a built-in thing and um as far as the photography studio we wanted a hair, makeup, and photography studio. So the salon was next door to what's now It's So Vegan, which was the photography studio. And 
it had a white wall. It had photographers renting space in here. We had so many celebrities come through. Yeah. It was great, um, but it was something that we were willing to sacrifice so that we could have the restaurant. The rest of the space. Mm -hmm. We we uh, we tried to save it, honestly. Um, we tried to have all three. So the, the photography studio was 5,000 square feet total. And uh, it was just too much space for what it was. And so we decided to, well, hey, what if we made this whole area this and now what's now our prep room? What if that was a, a small photography studio? And then the restaurant just was getting bigger and better and needed more space and we needed more you know storage space and we needed prep areas and we needed this and the photographers are like can i come and shoot right nice. like no <laughs> so yeah so then that that ended up getting absorbed which was a great thing right. um, got absorbed and now so that's that's how it's vegan was born so you have this cool sibling dynamic right and like you say you know growing up without like you you have perspective which somebody you've got the perspective on things right but i'm interested to hear once you realize, like, okay, we probably need to turn this into a restaurant, like you said, it's kind of turned into it, but can you talk to our visionaries in regards to like, and you alluded to a little bit when you started actually cooking for the cancer patients, mm -hmm. but can you talk to them about the grind in regards to setting up the space? And not even cost of food, but just the organization that it takes to run a restaurant. Like it's one thing to have a vision, and, and he and I talked about this recently, like there's, there's visionaries and there's integrators. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool to have a vision, but then how do you actually put that into motion? Well, I will say that the number one thing when you have a vision <clears throat> before you actually act on like building out the space is that you have to be willing to do all of like the mental groundwork. Like I had written about 100 recipes. I had done the cost um, profit analysis for the menu pricing. I had figured out who my customers would be because who was feeding sick people. I had figured out like just different things that needed to be figured out first to make sure that my vision was solid. And I believe that that's what gave it the push of success when it came to the actual feel, actual building of it. But the grind starts with just like that good mental work, the Excel spreadsheets, the budgeting, the calculating, what does it take? How many licenses will I need? How much does it cost? Those types of things. First, permits, you, permits all the permits all you have to get. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and then that's where, you know, you have to have, you have to have a good partner that, because it's so much groundwork that you need to be able to cut it up. Like yeah. who was good at this? So I'm good at the paperwork and the make sure that we have the budgets and the finances and all that kind of stuff. And he <clears throat> is good with like the permits and the instructions and the designing and, and things like that. So we just, we put our skills together, we put our skills together yeah. to figure out what needed to be done. But there is a definite grind and it takes money that you didn't expect. It takes a whole lot of patience. Um, it's you're gonna lose a lot of sleep. You're gonna go through a lot before you can even get to the point where you can delegate something right, out. Like right. you can't even delegate yet because you're still in the process of taking everything on. So you're overloaded. Um, you know, losing weight, things are happening, and um, you just and you still have a family dynamic. Yeah. You still have a, a personal have a, life yeah, to live. Personal life. Yes, yeah. Yes, still got yes, all the kind of yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the darkest day in the sense of like, as you guys were trying to get this baby up and run to where it could stand on its own? What was the what was the day where you were like, man, I don't know if that's I can a do this? Question. There's so that's many. That's so many. Yeah. I know. <laughs> what, so many. what instantly pops into your head? 
There's a okay. moment where you're like, oh my God, I remember when. We had scraped together the money to start construction here. Yeah. And we had a contractor Tractor that, that stole the money. It was mm. like $25,000. So, so because like I said, this was not a restaurant. It was a photography studio. There was yeah. no kitchen. There was no anything. So, you know, and, and I am not a skilled engineer, architect or anything like that. This is just a God-given gift that I had to be able to put stuff together. And I used to come in every day. I hired the contractor, came in every day, checking on them and stuff like that. And I would notice that the crew, as I would walk through and I'm all jolly, hey, how's it going, everyone? You know, I would just notice them kind of like look at me like, and I'm like, what's this look for that they're giving me? Okay, I guess they don't like me because I'm black and I'm, you know, progressive and I'm doing things. But I never understood this look that they were giving me, right? Fast forward, contractor ends up running off. We're not knowing that these people weren't paid. Mm -hmm. ah. And he was yeah. telling them that I'm waiting on him to pay me yeah. so I can pay y'all when he had been paid yeah. from the jump. Mm -hmm. They charged him 19000 to do the job. He charged me twenty five. I get it. That's, that's the name of the business or whatever. We agreed to that price, but he never paid them anything. And we didn't find out until after the work was done and he was long gone and we were, you know, got a new contract and we were in here one day putting stuff together and a pickup truck swung in here and was like, I need to talk to you. Oh, wow. It's like, what can I help you with? You know, you're looking for the other guy. He's, he's no longer with us. And he told me that he never got paid for anything. Yeah. And I was just, the that was. They did the grease trap outside. The professional companies were like, we never got our money. We were just like. Oh my How God, it was so, yeah. I mean, and of course there's been more things, but that was the first thing that was like, should we even do this? Because this is ridiculous. Yeah. So obviously he's long gone with the money. What's, what's, yeah. what's, the, what's the answer? What are yeah, there, there, something happened. So what's the, what's the reaction? Cause what it's always about how do you respond? Yeah. So how do you respond is you pick up and keep going, you know, and that's, that's what we had to do. I mean, we could, would, what would have been the outcome of us chasing him down? You know what I'm saying? What yeah. would have been the outcome of us, you know, finding our vengeance or, or whatever the case it, it may be? It was nothing well, like you had to pay them the, the 19 after paying him. Yeah, we had, yeah. Yes, yeah. we had to pay. Mm -hmm. We had to pay for everything. And yeah. Put a lien on. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. You know, they yeah. had a lien that was filed against the property and everything like that. And um, yeah, they filed a lien. Yeah, they did. And so um, it was and I didn't even know it was called a UCC lien for um, non-removable construction. You know, I found out all that stuff through mm -hmm. the. And so once I found that, I was like, you know, we had to pay that off to get the lien off the prop so it was so yeah. much that just came from trying to just do right mm -hmm, opening yeah. It. yeah so i want to go back just a little bit um you know your son had the the scare mm -hmm. with his health and then thank god he's mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um so now you're kind of in this space where okay i'm doing this i also see all these cancer patients mm -hmm. that, that need mm -hmm. you know better um uh, better food options mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um when does it kind of click to you that Vegan, being a vegan is is a good thing, and 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 I know that part of your mission is to really dispel some of the the nomenclature rumors that surround right. veganism, right? right? And then we kind of talked about that a little bit, but if you can kind of share what that means to you, because it's I don't want to call it your mission, and I don't certainly don't want to speak for you, but that seems to be an undertone of a mission that you guys have. So I one thing I noticed two weeks after being vegan, plant-based, um, that my vision improved, um, my overall health improved, I didn't have any congestion of any um, kind, my skin was better. I just noticed that there was like an overall better quality of health. My grandmother, when she started working in the restaurant, um, she stopped needing her blood pressure medicine. My um, 
my uncle, when he started working here, he just started shedding weight and things started being so much better for him. So it was like, that was something that was really driving me, just kind of seeing like, hey, this is really working. Like my family is, the health of my family is actually improving from this. So, um, and it just, I think from having, from doing it for my family and creating um, the flavors for my family and what they wanted, I think it just grew out to other families and it was easy to spread the mission of feeding the soul without harming a soul because everybody was just coming in on their on their own and just loving it and just like like you guys are just eating it not even realizing yeah Yeah. oh listen i'm going in on this for sure for sure um and either one of you can answer this but from a definition perspective i'm not looking for webster's but like what's the difference between being a vegan and the old school vegetarian what we grew up you know kind of knowing about Vegetarian can still eat animal products, so they can drink milk, you know, because it's from an animal. They can have honey because, you know, it's from bees and things like that. Vegan is no animal product whatsoever. And so uh, if it had a mother, it was born, it's not used in, you know, vegan. And that makes it kind of difficult for people to wrap their mind around it. Like, okay, so how are you going to feed us at Nacho with nothing (laughs) that had to do with something that was living? And they just... uh, like I can't do that, but it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. So let's let's talk about that, yeah. Like okay, so obviously we're crushing this. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, fantastic job. Thank you. Um, very good. Um, you would never know right. that it's that it's vegan. hundred percent. hundred percent. Visionaries, I'm telling you right now, if you're not a vegan or you don't like vegan food, I'm, give it a try. If you're in Dallas Fort Worth area, make sure you stop by in Grand Prairie to it's so vegan. But it does not taste like it would be, you know. Vegan or light, yeah. I don't know. That, what see, vegan that's is the stigma to, yeah. that we, we think that there's going to be associated taste. We think it's going to taste like dirt or grass or, or you know just something random, right? Right. So the old misconception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's so much technology that's you know unfolded over the last five, six, eight years or whatever that you know food is the tastes are are different and you can actually mimic you know what you're quote unquote we're used to. Yeah. But let's talk about the uh, the nachos. It's one of your most popular dishes. Yeah. Yes, it is, and I remember. I wanted something different as far as the base because I was so tired of corn chips. Everywhere is corn, <laughs> corn, corn <laughs> chips, corn tortillas. I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. So I, in Texas. Yes, yeah. it's corn everywhere. So I said, okay, I want to make them out of wontons. They were like, no way, wontons, that's, first of all, too hard. They're too thin. They're too skinny. Um, they're going to they're gonna be soft. And everybody, they won't hold up. Everybody was like, don't do it. But I said, I have to do that. So wontons as a base is something that's different. And I'm sure you probably heard of a wonton nacho somewhere, but it's different for um, – our vegan nacho and then um, the cheese is made from scratch daily from um, from cashews and um, it's raw as well and it's flavored in a way that's you know for me I had never had vegan cheese before when I made up the recipe for that cheese so I was just trying to get as close to the cheese flavor as I could with my ingredients and it's loaded with B12. I gotta know this mm-hmm. because the, the cheese is good right yeah. and it's got a, a little bitty spice to it and yeah. I love spicy uh-huh. food so it's cool mm-hmm. But you talked earlier about how you did like a hundred different recipes, right? So to narrow in on this cheese, how many different like variations, (laughs) iterations did you go through? I can't even tell you how many disgusting outcomes I had and how many different colors I had. Because one thing you have to realize, it has to also be the color of cheese. So People won't trust it. They won't trust it. So even getting the spices to where you can say, oh, it's a little bit spiced, but it also, the color and the spice goes hand in hand. 
So, oh my gosh, I would probably say at least 30 different versions of cheese. Um, I also know how to make solid block cheese as well and all that kind of stuff and that sliced cheeses. first. Yeah. What is it called? Just sliced cheeses like cheddar. Oh, okay. yeah, like I know yeah. how to do that. The mozzarella balls. Mozzarellas and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I know how to make those as well. But that cheese was the best cheese for the nacho, the right nacho cheese flavor even though it's just pepper that makes it that color it tastes you know it looks like it's you know cheese color you know <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. not like um you know like you can get store-bought cheese and i'm not trying to throw a brand out there but yeah. you know you get it in the jar it's not yeah. that yeah. right like i i'm not trying to, it, it tastes like it's real not cheese. cheese yeah, yeah. it's not and speaking of which, and I know I kind of cut you off, so if there's more ingredients yeah. that you want to talk about, you can. No, no only just that it's, it's loaded with B12 on purpose, so it should give you like a little bit of energy mm-hmm. and make you feel like, okay, I can continue to eat this. Um, it also, um, you shouldn't feel as if you're heavy. You should feel like light. It shouldn't, your stomach shouldn't bubble afterwards because it doesn't contain any lactose, so you should feel actually more energized when you're done eating it, and that was done on purpose. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I'm going cool work out after this but um so for this particular dish right but obviously you have a full menu yes i'm curious because i've done raw vegan for a bit um and you know i was texting you before and showing you some of the stuff that i ate but um i know how expensive it can be right and then you add on top of it that you that you have a restaurant like not trying to get into your you know your pnl but just from a legitimacy standpoint, like, I mean, this is an expensive mm-hmm. business to have and to run. It's expensive, but the way that I kind of circumvent the expense is to make as much stuff from scratch as possible. So um, the cheese that we sell on our nachos, um, you know, that's made from scratch ingredients. So I don't have to go buy that from anybody. Um, um, I make chicken. For our chicken sandwiches, I make that from scratch. So that's from ingredients. So I can size my pieces. I Hold can, on. Yeah. You got me mid-chew. Yeah. <laughs> you said you make chicken. Yes. Yeah. I make chicken, chicken from scratch. What chicken? From okay. Satan. Yeah. It's, made, it's, it's, called, it's called either monk meat or seitan meat. But basically how I started it was um, I would take a, like you're making dough, which is the flour and water, and then you wash it until only the gluten is left. And then you fold ingredients in, seasonings, and then you boil it. And then it's like a chicken replacement. So um, that's what we do with the restaurant. So it's... If I don't have to go buy chicken from the shelves, it's much cheaper. So I just, you know, we cut our yams here every day. We um, have greens. I, we cut our cabbage here. We do, we cut up our lettuce and um, our own tomatoes and stuff like that. As, as much as we can just keep it ingredient, an ingredient-based kitchen as possible, um, that's what we go by. Some things we have to go and get, but for the most part, we have an ingredient-based kitchen, and that allows me to shop a little bit different than other people who have to buy a chicken patty. You know, I I just want the ingredients for it. And also, she sourced from different places as well, so we don't shop um, in the typical, you know, like, hey, just go up to mm-hmm. Kroger's and grab whatever. Like, you know, the Asian markets are the markets that, you know, are yeah. you normally wouldn't see a lot of black people in. You know, we're shopping for those things because they, they have different fruits that have different yeah. benefits. And, different, they'll, you know. and they'll give you better pricing. You can work things out. And that's what I've learned um, cross-culturally with this type of cuisine is like how to make sure that you're getting all the ingredients you need because the flavors, really, you have to know a lot about ingredients. Yeah. Um, 
you know, in order to make it, we're, we've been open for four years as of um, March the 6th, and people have been eating this for four years, and so the consistency has to be there. And But the best thing about it is that as long as I can get the ingredients, I'll never not be able to serve food. Mm-hmm. You well, know, go ahead. You were, well, I want to piggyback off of one of your questions that you asked about, you know, visionary and integrator, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, you have to have staff to, to do things and, and you're only one person right mom and um, everything else but how how do you transfer the knowledge of how to make the meats for the nachos or this or the chicken that you talked about right to your staff like how how um, what type of process is that for you to share your knowledge with some of your staff here initially when the vision first started I had everything broken down in my recipe book, which we call the Bible, and it's in the back, and everybody could go to that recipe book and they would start breaking it down. As I got more proficient, I started making pre-mixed blends for each thing that they can add in. So no matter how many times the employees were flipping, they didn't have to go to the recipe book. It was a pre-mixed seasoning they can put in everything. And so I now can teach them two scoops of this, one scoop of that, mixed for five minutes. Where before I was like, you have to need this, you gotta do this, but now it's just more streamlined as I got better with it. And so it's easier to teach them now. I'm curious in the sense of, you know, we always hear horror stories about restaurants, like it's one of the most riskiest things to get involved in, Mm -hmm. right? This being the Vision Lab, when you two sat down one day and said, okay, we're gonna turn this into a restaurant, I'm curious as to what was the original vision once you came to that epiphany and said, okay, we're going to turn this into a restaurant compared to where you are now. And does that, does that, do those two visions match up? Funny thing is that, um, <clears throat> so the vision of how this place looked, um, I created this right here and it actually looks exactly like what it was supposed to, you know, starting, starting out. Um, interior architecture, interior design was kind of like my gift. And so uh, I went ahead and spent $10 on this app and I built this place and I said, okay, so they're gonna come in here and you know, the whole flow of operation and the look and the feel and the vibe and, and, and in order to you know, make people remember you or create a, a, a lifelong experience, you have to infect and affect the five senses, give them something beautiful to look at, something nice to listen to, they need to smell something nice, they need to feel something nice, you know, just all those type of senses. And so <clears throat> in the design um, for this right here, you know, we had that whole flow set set out that's why everything is where it is right now and this actually used to be open because i wanted people to and that we that was a change that we ended yeah. up making because i wanted people to see hey there's no meat here you can actually watch us prepare your vegans, you know we're yeah. real vegans we're, we're here chopping up everything we're boiling stuff here and that kind of backfired a, yeah a little bit. so we had to make change along the <laughs> way so we had this is the original as far as like I'll say as far as the look this is exactly what we wanted with minor changes what it is it created itself Um, we've never had a grand opening before Um, so we basically had a soft Soft opening opening that just kind of just kept going like just it was a soft opening and just okay so now we got to show up you know just keep on coming in here it was just (laughs) (laughs) no breaks it was just just like it was like okay so we're just here now and it was just like and then when we even try to close the customers were just so dependent upon us that they would just get so angry and things like that so we just kind of um 
have just been going and it's, cre it's creating itself. So what it is now is a creation of its own. Yeah. Um, the, the menu is pared down by what the customers actually want to eat. It's just, we had so many other things before, but it's creating its own self. It's still evolving. And that's one of the advice that I, I would give to people that are opening up a restaurant. You know, don't let you get in your way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because the customers will tell you what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if your star main dish that you just love and have so much pride in is the lowest seller, don't try to revamp it and just keep it yeah. going. What are they buying? Yeah. Okay, you see what they're buying? That's what they want yeah. right there. These people that are around, they're telling you. Yeah. And if you continue to do you, put you first, <clears throat> rather than the customer, you're gonna find yourself out of business. Yeah. Wow. It's funny you, you mentioned it, right? you know, people getting upset. People mm -hmm. ask us all the time, like, okay, how do we start a podcast? And, and we, what we tell them is like, yeah, it's cool. But then you solely, you, no, not solely, you fastly figure out that you're responsible for people all of you a sudden. You are right. very you're responsible. responsible. Yes. And people don't realize that, like, whatever it is, your vision, you know, your, whatever your aspiration is, at some point, people are going to depend on you to keep coming through for them. Yes. And so when you talk about customers being angry, can you kind of give us a little bit more about that experience? So whenever we close. So now, now we're open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Okay. But we try to just be open, not open on at first it was Mondays and then just sometimes you know we would just try to close a couple days for holidays we would watch on camera people would pull, pull their up. car up in front of the the restaurant look in yeah. the window bang Man. on the on the on their hoods and just be like so angry yeah. and it was so much but the flip side of that is when we had to close down for um, the ice storm and COVID customers we opened up a gofundme thinking like okay we don't want to have to go get any of these loans that everybody's getting we want the community to support us stay open so let's just see how it goes our customers who wanted to ensure that we were open they had sent us i think it was like seventy eight hundred dollars for a week yeah and that was just like giving us their six hundred dollar checks and our customers were just and then when they came back they didn't ask for a discount right. they flipped the open sign yeah. the, their own oh yeah self. They, they did they, they came they in did. they were like yeah, okay so uh, what's and then sent down <laughs> Right. They didn't act. They didn't ask for nothing. Well, they they didn't, already paid. They, yeah, they, yeah. They just. They were just like, okay, we're gonna come in, and so it's like, yeah, your response for people, they depend on you. But if you're consistent, when you're having a hard time, they will pull through for you. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, you guys have been around for four years, so obviously yes. that encompasses for, yeah. uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. Can y'all talk about that experience? And I would imagine, obviously, you've been a business owner for for many mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur for many years, but. Um, specifically with COVID, none of us had ever seen that before. Like, right. what was that like? What was the trepidation, the fear, the anxiety that it, that you know was there? On, with our, on our birthday is was the oh, shutdown, wow. yeah. right? It, it, on our after our very first year, our year celebration was shut down for COVID. Was that March sixth? March sixth. Oh, March sixth. And what happened was, um, I was just like, the people. You know, we served a lot of sick people, and so our business just like, it just stopped. Like yeah. nobody was coming outside, nothing yeah. was happening. Um, and I just could not afford to stay open. Now mind you, remember that before this happened, we had lines literally wrapped around the building. We mm -hmm. tried to come up with a drive-through system just mm -hmm. to kind of, you yeah, know, uh, try to make it through. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we went from making, you know, we were selling out daily, mm -hmm. four to $5,000 days to nothing. 
Yeah. And so it was very, very tough. And so we had to make a whole lot of changes. We had to close down for three months completely. Wow. And um, during that time, we did receive customer support and everything like that. We came back. We did have pass-through bills and all the different type of stuff that we had to climb back up through. But one thing I didn't want to do was to be um, under the guise of, like, all those loans. So we really did, like, put in the handwork. We cleaned everything. We put everything together. We made sure everything was paid up. We spent every dime that was coming in. Um, we changed the menu to a lot of ingredient-only things, like, hey, can I make this from scratch? Okay, I'm keeping it. Can I make this from scratch? I'm keeping it. But if there wasn't things I couldn't make from scratch, I was like, hey, you got to go. Um, what can I do with a small staff? What's the minimum I can have? And I, we toned it down to, like, the bare minimum that we could possibly get to, and that's how we've been running ever wow. since. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so coming out of it, right, we're on the backside of it. Obviously, COVID's still around, but mm -hmm. not as, um, as heavy as it once was. Um, what's it been like on the back half of COVID? Well, I would definitely say that keeping just different things that expenses that you normally wouldn't have, like People are different about, you know, their plates and napkins and the way that things are already pre-wrapped. They things are a little bit different with that. Um, people like to eat at home a lot more. We get a, little, a lot more Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, where they were coming in before. Now they want everything delivered. But what they don't see is that the delivery services charge us thirty percent. Mm. So it's like before they were coming in here and filling us up, now we're delivering it, but we don't get that anymore. Right. So it has cut down all around, even though we have the food going out, the profit Your line top is, line top revenue is, is going different. Down. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. It's very different. And COVID did that because nobody was doing that before COVID. It was very rare. It was just pizza being delivered before. It's amazing how COVID just changed oh, the world. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Um, I want to ask you, because you seem like you're probably more on the marketing side of things. I'm guessing. Okay. So, and, and what we try to do to, to all of our visionaries or for all of our visionaries is kind of really give them a, a look behind the curtain. If they have an idea of being a restaurateur or opening up uh, their own salon or whatever it is, we want to try to give them a peek behind the curtain um, to allow them to see this is what I really have to deal with. I have to figure out 100, 100 recipes and go from A to Z and how to get these ingredients and what, what it's going to look like when uh, staffing, so on and so forth. So can you kind of talk a little bit about um, what it's like marketing uh, It's So Vegan? Yeah. So <clears throat> when I came up with, with, you know, the look and the feel, you have to um, basically come in here as a customer. Be, walk through your vision as, as a customer. What are they going to, what do you want them to feel? And so marketing, so ITSO, right? So ITSO is an acronym that stands for In the Style of oh. Vegan, right? And so oh. that was something that, um, so it's so good, it's so great, it's so delicious, it's so nutritious, it's so vegan, it's so good, you know? And so all these things, uh, we came up with the different slogans. Our It's so good is on our, is on our food truck. We're actually... Um, this feeding the soul without harming the soul that's my sister came up with with, that's, that's with, with, with that because it was this was a, we we kind of went back and forth on whether or not to kind of dub it a soul food uh restaurant i got you and because we had in the beginning you know we had the peas and cornbread and we still have cornbread still have yams <laughs> greens I, mac and cheese we still have all that all of that and so i was i was against the um the labeling of it being a soul food restaurant being in charge of marketing because I knew that of course we're a black owned restaurant, but I don't I don't like the fact that people would 
say because you're black owned, you have a soul food restaurant. Like you just put me in that box. You don't stand you know, out like yeah, a vegan ex spot would. Exactly. Yeah. So I didn't want that because money's green, and I wanted to you know appeal to all people. And also, I didn't want a place that where when you walk in, walk in immediately, you're like. This must be black owned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want that because obviously we were playing a franchise, and like I said, I need to be open. I need everyone to see this. You need and to be able to play in all arenas. Exactly. I, absolutely. You designed the logo, by the way. Yeah, I designed that the logo. logo. Everything that you, everything that you look and see and feel, and you know <laughs> the the effects of here. You know what I'm saying? That that was that was my contribution to it, and so. Um, it was really easy to market for It's So Vegan because it was such a great product, first of all. We had an amazing name. Um, uh, I'm a photographer, videographer, like all of our pictures here, you know, I shot and, and did all this kind of stuff. So when it comes time to just how do we want the public to, to see us, you know, um, I wanted them to see us as crisp, clean, professional, easily, um, uh, easily franchisable, you know. Now, especially with DoorDash and, and all those type of Uber Eats and things like that, um, getting the name out there to people that haven't heard of It's So Vegan, what, is, what kind of challenges have those um, provided you guys? I feel like in that area, I've been, you know, a little blessed. Um, as a makeup artist, I worked for Fox. So when I got ready to introduce the restaurant, they let me come on a couple times to cook. And then out of some type of miracle, um, DoorDash called and they wanted to come by and do a commercial um, featuring me. So DoorDash um, came by and there's just been things that have just kind of like dropped out to where, like I said, we haven't had any grand opening. We're in the middle of Grand Prairie that's just budding, but it's just been kind of like, people know about us all yeah. around. Like, like I said, I knew about y'all a couple years ago. Yes, yeah. everybody knows about us. And, you know, I think it's just, it's only word of, only, only word, word of, of mouth. mouth right it's now. only word of mouth. We're just now getting our, our, our official commercial. Mm -hmm. We're just doing the official commercial. Um, we talked to the videographer and like kind of set out the, the the layout for that and how that's gonna go, but everything has been our customers. You know, our customers come in and they take pictures yeah. and they'll do their TikToks and their YouTubes yeah. and. You know the mukbangs, and they'll do all that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, and they tag us, and that's how it gets I can't out. believe you hit me with you. So you want to do a mukbang? <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's, it still works. I mean, the proof uh, the proof is in the proverbial pudding, if you will. Um, as we push the ball forward, and you talked about it, franchising things yep. like that. Good, good, good. When do you say to yourselves like, hey, okay, we 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 got this one up and running? Like, where, where does that come from? Because I mean, you guys. You guys are a little bit, bit of unicorns, right? Like, I mean, there's slutty vegan in Atlanta or whatnot, but there's not a lot of black-owned vegan restaurants in this space. Like, and, and you know, I personally get a kick out of being in spaces we're not supposed to be in. Yeah. Uh, that's another conversation. Yeah. But like, where does that where does that mindset come from? Like, like who sparked that idea? And, I, and you know, to give us your plan, obviously, you know, you know best laid plans. You don't know, tell anybody. But like, how did how, how did that come? I shouldn't say I come to fruition. Like, where's that? Where's the the inspiration come from? I think that we both kind of just always knew that yeah. that was the end result. It was like, it was, we never kind of said that we're going to open up the restaurant and then forever have it. So from the beginning, we've been operating, like he said, he wanted it to be kind of neutral, not, you know, not looking black owned. The logo looks like it can go on anything very, he's always thought about that. And I've always been thinking about how can I streamline these recipes into mixes and powders so that 
anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And then we could also manufacture, make the cheese or make the chicken ourselves and ship that out. So we've always been thinking about how to franchise Franchise it, how to push it out. So that's always the goal every single day. In order to like for us to succeed just in what we do, you have to replicate yourself. You know what I'm saying? And we talked about this in the very beginning. In the very beginning, we were the staff. It was yeah. us in here doing sure. everything. For sure. And it's not sustainable. You know what I'm saying? You will burn yourself out, you know, doing this. So you have to replicate yourself. And so once we replicated ourselves to a certain degree and everything's working without us, and now we've set up all these standard operating procedures and the money's coming in, okay, good. Now let's package this all up into a package and see who wants to buy it yeah. because that's what that's what we want to do i'm curious um especially with the emergence obviously because of covid right of these um food delivery services um what is it like um DoorDash, Uber no, no 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 like um sunset uh, what sun basket and like yes. all the pre-packaged foods uh-huh. that where you can eat for a week um do you have any vision of, of possibly doing that, but from like a vegan perspective? I would love to um, do something like that. It would take <clears throat> definitely some type of partnership that was able to mix that too, because you would have to have, um, I guess, a way to make sure it's preserved and shipped. And so I like to maintain my lane. I feel like that's why my partnerships work out because I don't, I don't exit that. And if it takes like a partner to get me to the the next level or, you know, or if there's somebody else that can come in better, but I don't like to, our parents were growing up, oh my God. they were, they were do it, do it yourself. Everything themselves. Everything I'm like, was, you're not qualified yeah, to do it that. Yeah, everything was do it yourself. And I just, Your dad's putting up a fan. Oh, no, like, 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 any, well, our parents, and I hope they don't see this interview because I don't want to like bad mouth or anything, but, but, <laughs> but our parents did, did everything. I said they were musicians. So like they were going to be the production company and I'm going to going to be the, the the mixer with the soundboard and I'm going to be this you know this and, and it was just such a joke for us as a growing up and we did not want that image on us yeah. so we realized I said do what you know no, what do you know how to do yeah. Yeah. I know how to do do what you're good at and that's it so yeah. he does what he's good at I do what I'm good at and if somebody doesn't know if we don't know then we're hiring somebody Outsource. else to do it that's yes right. and, and and there's no there's no do it yourselfers yeah. so yeah so I, I would love to do that um correct partner come along you're listening, investors. Yes, Please come on now. Come on now. And that's two points. I now it's two points I want to bring up. Um, since we're in this lane, and you like to stay in your lane, talk to our visionaries and tell you know, kind of go a little bit deeper on why it's important to just continue to do the things that that you're great at and allowing other people to be great at those things. And then let's open the floor up to you know the idea of what an, an investor you know pool would look like. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the magic in even creating these recipes, period, comes from an intense amount of focus on what you're good at. Mm. You can't you can't create cheese from scratch if you're thinking about like what the builders doing, the contractors working. Like, no, you have to be like focused. So you can only get the magic out of yourself if you're incredibly focused on your lane. It doesn't matter if the world seems like it's crumbling around you. You have to focus intently on your lane and then once you come back up you know that's what good partners are for you get filled in but you have to maintain an intense amount of focus um to get it right and then once it's right you can back off and do what you want but focus is 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 key it's so funny um actually today on my own personal ig page i saw i saw a um a video of this guy slapping a um his hit a hockey net 
and he had his dog. It's like a German Shepherd, and he was slapping like all these different like little balls or toys or, or whatever, right? But in the middle of it, he had one black hockey puck. And you could tell that he had kind of trained the dog that, like, hey, once you get the hockey puck, you can grab it, fetch it, whatever, right? So he's hitting, the like, this particular doll, this little ball, this little ball. And the, the, the dog is, like, can, like, intently focused on the putt. So all these other things are going around, and it just goes – and then he finally – Click, uh, flicks the puck and he catches it or whatever yeah. but it just goes to show that when you're locked in and you're focused everything else yeah. is a distraction yes. everything Absolutely. else is a distraction it is. and it's kind of like that thing like when you get an idea and you wonder why somebody else got it and ran with it because you put it out into the atmosphere thinking like that and then you just got distracted and so yeah. somebody else carried <clears throat> it through so mm. when you get like a great idea you got to hold on to it and you have to bring it to fruition and and that's that's what it takes to create the foundation for something great and investors um you know even though this is a small brand i feel like we've done a great job of setting a great foundation with original recipes these aren't the recipes you can go and find any place else and i think that's something that and also our mission and what we're doing and the thing about it is who is feeding those sick people. There's always a little bit of something and everything, but where are the sick people eating? And there's a lot of sick people, if that is from diabetes, um, high blood pressure, where are they eating at? And a lot of them come here. Yeah. And that, and I'm, I'm proud of that to be, As the, you per- should be. Yes, the person yeah. that is serving the sick people. So um, investors that are interested in, you know, having something that's great, beneficial, it tastes great, and you're actually serving the community because Another thing that I've learned, and I have to say this, is that if the community does not love you, they will kick you out of their neighborhood. Like, if they did not want us here, if we were not serving them, we we would be already closed. Mm -hmm. Like, the community has to love you. So um, it's different, you know, than like a Burger King or McDonald's or something like that. But we actually have a community love business. I ain't seen a Burger King in a minute. I know. It's around, (laughs) yeah. Like, so that's, that's that's the thing. It's a community loved um, business, so I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what advice would you give to any visionary that is looking to step into their vision, step out on faith? It, it doesn't matter that you know restaurant or not, yeah. but like just follow their dream. I would say, um, <clears throat> I guess the the first thing that came to my mind was analysis paralysis, right? Yep. So I, I know people that want to do something and they analyze and they plan and they analyze and they plan and then analyze and plan and analyze and plan (laughs) and there's never any execution Mm -hmm. and so you're stuck here planning for you and now by the time you you may possibly be ready now the criteria has changed situation markets changed COVID done hit everything is different now and so now you have to analyze and plan analyze and plan again so don't get analysis paralysis you know make out you know take your time do your research Focus in on, on what is going to go. Go in as a customer. See it. Be a visionary. Be able to walk into your space if you have a brick and mortar vision. Walk into your space as a customer. Where do they go? Where do you sit? Where are you going to check out at? What are they going to? Who's going to be talking to them? And what did they say? You be able to walk in their shoes. Be able to do that whole process through and be able to go through that whole thing. And once you can do that, execute. Once you can go into your restaurant and you can go make you a, a, a drink with the cup and put the cup back where it's supposed to be, you know, every, when you can do that, then you're ready. You, you can go for the next, next level. That's solid. Yeah. You want to add anything to that? Mm, I would just say just be 
be ready and don't be afraid of dark times because that's where most of the inspiration, the seed grows and blossoms in those dark times. So when you have a vision, don't expect for it to be kind to you. It almost like your vision kind of wants to put you down a little bit, you know, once you first try to put it out there, you kind of get discouraged a little bit. So, but don't be afraid of um, the dark times because as soon as you start blossoming, you're like, oh, wow, that's why I had to go through all that. So just prepare for darkness and just know it's coming. It's just part of the process. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, I think it's a time, isn't it? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm going to get one more bite of this nachos. You yes, better get proceed, sir. So we have reached the part of the show as we get ready to wrap things up. We call it landing the plane. Uh, we ask every guest we have on the show the same couple of questions. This is to both of you. I, I guess I'll give both of you the table. So it's an imaginary round table. Me, I'll let you go first. Okay. You get five seats at your table plus yourself. Dead or alive, who do you want at your table? The only stipulation we put on it is that you can't have God at your table because, you know, who will want to talk to him? Right. Okay. I would have um, my brother, of course. I would have um, my right hand, um, Kay, that runs the restaurant. I would have, let's see. I would definitely have um, someone divine there. Um, I do have... I do have my spirituality, so I would definitely have Divine there. Um, let me see. It's so difficult because it's like we've kept everything together. Um, isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, that's yeah. yeah there's only three people. Only three people, Jesus. There's only three. Is, <laughs> there's only three. Um, if I could have people surrounding me to give me advice, I would probably choose um, people that were probably just unknown. I don't think anybody who is, is you know, famous that I could think of that is even inspiring. They don't have to be level. famous. Do you know? You get two more. You're, you yeah. get the first three. You got to fill your table out. I got to fill my table up, y'all. Oh, my God. Let me think because, it's you tough. know. So, yeah, because sometimes you, like, you just use your, your own things as inspiration. Um, I'll probably say, okay. Um, my um, fourth grade teacher, Miss Scott. Oh, um, she. That's the one that used to whip us. No, that's Miss Bracken. <laughs> oh, Miss Bracken. Miss Bracken used to whip us. But Miss Scott, <laughs> she was my most um, feminine, you know, teacher. She showed me how to maintain a certain level of grace and be feminine um, while still like working in business. So I miss Miss Scott, and so I will have her at the table. And I would definitely have to say, I'll put my grandmother at the table. I'll put her at the table because she's the one who taught me how to season greens mm. and, and um, season yams. And she's the one who really started making everything from scratch. Yeah. And she kind of embraced that into me, that making scratch foods are possible. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to grandma. Yeah. All the grandmas out yeah, there. Yeah. I, I was, I was, let me start with grandma. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Definitely start with grandma. I, definitely my sister. That's my business partner. We do everything together. And, and I am not a huge reader. And so my sister... I mean, I can read, obviously, but you know, we get we get too many words. But but I know that um, just in, in this is this is my personal cross. You know, like if I look at if I look at a paper and there's too many words, you know, I get sleepy and dizzy and stuff. I'm just like, what's going on here? It's too many words. Somebody read this to me. No, but uh, but I so I have to have her there because she's always been my protector, always protected me and stuff like that and saved me from certain things. Um, my mom, uh, because I want her to see it. 
You know what I'm saying? Even if she doesn't do anything but sit there and smile, I just want her to see us succeeding and seeing us making it and seeing what she did in all her struggles to know that, hey, my kids are okay yeah. and we're gonna continue to be okay. Yes, um, the two other people I would have to say, you know what, I need some political power. I need somebody that's got some money and that's gonna move some stuff. So I'm gonna say Barack and Michelle. Okay. Yeah. Last yeah. Two yeah. Because I, I, when they was like two seasons, I was like, don't pick Barack and Michelle because I'm gonna pick Barack and Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's absolutely dope. Um, great table. Great table, by the way. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't give you guys an opportunity to uh, share your social media handles, how people can follow you, your address, all that stuff. We want people to come flood, uh, you know, the store with a bunch of people that are going to be new vegans or at least try it. Yeah. Uh, how can they get a hold of you guys and It's So Vegan? We're It's So Vegan on everything. Yeah. So it's I-T-S-O vegan. Um, some people put it's and then comma yes, so, so, but it's, it says it's so, but it's I-T-S-O vegan. Just tell them to look at the logo. It is literally the same <laughs> in the logo. I-T-S-O yes, vegan. On well, everything. I, and I was telling him, I was like, bro, and I found out earlier, um, and I was like, man, I, I thought it was it's so, so everybody, the, everybody that. thinks that. Everybody yeah, it's just a playoff. No, it's, it's it's great. Yeah. It's yeah. great marketing. Mm-hmm. It's great marketing, mm-hmm. but it's it's so. Yeah. yeah. And it, what are the? It used to be like a couple of years ago. Everything was it's a or it's a it's a yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a yeah. What's the the it's a was the lady on HBO? Issa Rae. Issa Rae. Yeah. Like everything under the sun. Say her name right. Come after you for that. I'm sorry. Issa. Yeah. I'm so locked in. I don't watch any of that stuff, but. Issa, you got an uh, open invite to be on the show. Um, you can correct me in person. Um, but no, absolutely uh, amazing, amazing dish. Thank you guys so much for, for jumping into the lag. In case you didn't know, we do have two more questions, right? Okay. Um, we do have a magical time machine here in the Vision Lab, okay? What advice, I'm going to start with you, um, what advice would you be giving yourself from five years ago? Ooh. So if you could look back five years ago, that younger version of who you are, like what would you tell yourself? Uh, you are enough. Okay. Yeah, you are enough and believe in yourself. Uh, I doubted myself in a lot of things, a lot of things in life. And it was because um, I didn't have examples that were doing what I was doing. And so whenever, you know, you're the first to do something in your family or in your social group, you know, everyone, they, if they haven't seen it before, they obviously can't see you through it or see your success out of it. And I doubted and questioned myself on every Thing, but I had to believe in myself, did my research, you know, make sure you got a strong team uh, together. And once you have those together, then you're, you're safe. But just believe in yourself. That's, that's typically the, the lighter side. So uh, it's pretty easy, right? People can think back five years. Oh, I would have said this. Now, Gerard, I'm going to make you a little bit older. Okay. Okay. So now that older version of yourself is looking back at you now. What advice is he telling you for today? Uh, he's telling me, don't get married. And <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's telling me to stay single, and he's telling me uh, that you you did a good job, but you should have invested sooner. Mm. Yeah. Invested into um, yourself, into crypto, Tesla. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say. Let me say ourselves. Let me say our, ourselves invest right more now. Into yourself. Yeah, invest more into ourselves because, like I said, we're four years in, and we're just now getting our commercial going. Um, marketing. We we assume that because we are popular as far as vegan restaurant goes here in Dallas, we're, we're pretty popular. But you know, when we step outside of our bubble and we get up there to Carrollton, 
and you know you're like yeah I don't, it's a, it's a vegan and they're like what yeah what are <laughs> yeah. you who are you you know what I'm saying so I think investing in ourselves more investing more into that marketing putting pushing ourselves actually like paid campaigns you know official commercials doing things like that to put us bigger so the one thing and I've told people this on the show a bunch of times right like the great thing about this being on YouTube and by the way if you still tuning in thanks so much hope you like uh, the show thus far Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. But the cool thing about this being on video is that you can go back five years from now and, and hold yourself accountable. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so, really cool, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to flip it over to you. Um, what advice would you be giving yourself from five years ago? Um, vet every partner. I mean, leave no partnership unvetted. Are you going to vet him too? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was vetted five years ago. <laughs> but every partner makes you vet them thoroughly as if you're entering into like an actual real relationship. Um, that was one thing because when you're first, just you're just exciting, like, oh, you know how to do this? Oh, and you know how to do this? You know, you can kind of just take on extra weight and deal and with stuff, you know. People when they're good intentions. You believe, you believe it. Them. But yeah, mm -hmm. but I would definitely say vet every partner thoroughly. Okay. So you, you get it easy because he, he had to answer the question first. But we're five years older, okay? Now, what advice is the older version of yourself, what advice are they telling you today? Um, I, you know, and I was thinking about it as, as he was saying it, but I think that the five, year, five years from now, it was myself would just probably be saying just make sure you just – Get rest. Just make sure that you take care of yourself, take care of your your body, and you know, you know, make sure you take time out more often because, you know, even going on vacation had been so long. But I think five years from now, I would just say, just make sure you take care of yourself. Would you? Are you still going to be the queen of the south? Yeah, always queen of the south. <laughs> That's yeah, the queen of the south is here. Yeah. Um. This has been absolutely amazing. The food, absolutely amazing. Um, thank you guys so much for jumping into the lab. Uh, remember, visionaries, each one of our guests are dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the Trail of Life. Ultimately, my friends, it's up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to Amia and Gerard Collins of It's So Vegan. Again, the address is 830 Mayfield Road here in Grand Prairie, Texas, Suite 600. Uh, everything on the Internet, It's So Vegan. It's I-T-S-O, vegan. Uh, thank you all so much for making the thank time for us, so and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Another great episode of the Vision Lab podcast. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> <laughs>